Greetings, programs. Hello, and welcome to Tronologically Speaking, a movie-by-minute podcast talking about Disney's 1982 movie Tron. I'm your host, Duncan Shields. This is Minute 6, and with me today is my keen, responsible, and suave guest co-host, Chris Stewart from the Interdimensional Cross Rip. Welcome, Chris. Thank you. Where did you get all that from? Who's been lying to you? Responsible. <laughs> oh, I've known you for a while. Uh, the uh, when you tell me a bit about yourself. Yeah, uh, I work in video games. Mm-hmm. Same as you. That's how we met. That's right. Um, I have a company, Kerberos Productions. K e r b e r o s. Um, just look for us on Steam. There's a. Uh, 15 years of cool little indie games we've been making, but uh, my side hobby is Ghostbusters. Did Ghostbusters webmastering for two decades. Um, downgraded that a little bit to just sort of lean on social media. Websites are hard. Blogs are hard. Yep. Um, and then even easier was a friend of mine, Troy Benjamin, uh, who also has a, had a, well, still does, no, a Ghostbusters web- website going way back when, wanted to do a podcast, and he invited me to co-host called the Interdimensional Ghostbusters Interdimensional Cross Rip. Excellent. And here we are. Is that weekly or how long is that? It is weekly. Wow. Every week for, well, since August 2015. So whatever that works out to, we've been at it for a little while now. I love that. When you find something and manage to go weekly with it for a while and it just becomes part of your routine. Yeah, we didn't think it was going to work. Like We're like, surely you can't talk week by week for about ghostbusters it, it works pretty well turns out uh troy calls it uh our nerd poker it's an excuse to yeah. just no, no matter what's going on you can peel off an hour and a half a week to get on the line with me and we just ramble about dumb dumb nerdy stuff so excellent excellent all right so minute six we've got uh fantastic music by wendy carlos yes it really picks up here it gets to the uh Almost atonal, yeah. kind of synthesizer-y. I noticed, yeah. the The more, um, the more the action is, the more like, but there's a like there's this weird atonal bass going on underneath. Yeah. Whereas the rest of it, it's very melodic. It's so it's like when she composed it, the more action-based or aggressive things are, or the more exciting things are, like. When when thing when things are up in the air, the music starts to almost kind of drift from itself tonally. Yeah. But then when things are happy or going good, it goes back to very uh, lockstep and. Yeah, I think the the music is this one thing I really liked that they got right about Legacy was the music and the design, the music yes. and the look, which is two huge things that other sort of properties that have tried to do something similar to Tron over the years have failed at. And this music is so important and yes. it's so good in terms of its its wistfulness and its yeah. emotional connection as well as its extremely computery, synthesizery, angular, futuristic sound. Like it, it's really hard to get both of those things going in the same composition. Yeah, she had a She's still around too. Her website's still going. You can, I remember reading a couple of things. She was a early Moog, I think. She she helped create Moog. Right. But then by the time we get to now, well, now as in 80, 81, whenever she was composing around, it wasn't quite a Moog. I think it was a new purpose-built yeah, yeah. synth machine. Yeah. And she had done 
the soundtrack to the uh, Clockwork Orange. Yep. And not The Shining. Maybe it was The Shining. Shoot, I don't have my Wendy Carlos notes with me right now. But she had won a Grammy for her uh, Beethoven synthesizer. Oh, uh, what's it called? Hooked on Bach? Hooked on Bach. Hooked that on was Bach yeah. yeah, sorry, Bach, Bach synthesizer stuff. I have a small fascination with the history of electronic music. Well, she did. And she's a big part of it. Like Kraftwerk. Massive. Wendy Carlos, it, or the Tron soundtrack specifically. Yeah. I only realized later that the oh and Mannheim Steamroller for <laughs> Mannheim Steamroller Christmas. That's have you ever heard Mannheim? I have no idea. No. Chris, okay, try and find it. It's on YouTube. Just Mannheim, so H E I M. Yeah. Uh, Steamroller Christmas. I'm gonna look that up. And it's 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 very it's. Uh, how do I put this? It's worth listening to. It's the deck the halls. There's a lot. They do all the Christmas classics. Yeah. When I say they, it may only be one guy. I can't yeah. remember. But um, Deck the Halls, it's very jaunty. When it gets to the fa-la-la-la-la bit, there's a weird menace to the... Oh, I, can't, yeah. I can't describe it. A menace. Dun, 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 dun. And there's the higher dun, 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 dun. that's the fall. but underneath is like a, a like a harmonic counterpoint that's slightly darker. Nice. If you listen to the movie soundtrack podcast, that guy is a composer. He knows his musical theory, and he'll refer to that's called the so and so chord or the tones. Sure. Like there's all these terms, things that we just regard. That's a five sevenths declension or something. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Or it's referred to as the sus and such. Like there's a things that we have heard before or give us a feeling. Musical people have a, a term for it, sort of thing. Yeah. Um, my, my partner is a music teacher, so she's so always rattling stuff. Or uh, right now in rap, they love to do those, the triplets. Yeah, yeah. Da-da, 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 That's, like I said, uh, uh, that's a Celtic triplet. Like, if you listen to Celtic sure. music, they all have that. It's those things, like, we don't, we never think about it. They've written it down and, <laughs> and qualified it. But uh, yeah, Mannheim Steamroller's got this weird. Anyways, I, I love it and I hate it. It's 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 like a Christmas classic, and it kind of creeps me out every single time. Yeah, well, and that's uh, it's really it really works here. Wendy Carlos really did some amazing stuff Sorry. with the soundtrack. All right, so I promised you that I would stop rambling, hey, and I'm doing it again. I'm a rambler too. It's all good. <laughs> um, so Clues Tank turns it out uh, left out of the memory stream, out of the maze, and onto the plain prairie of the grid. And there's a shaft of red light in the distance, which I figure is another IO tower. Yes. And um, just to double back, she did do the shining. That's what it was. Okay, that was it. Yeah, it was the shining. So like, like. Way to go. Like, Wendy yeah. Carlos, come on. Like, that's huge. And yeah. the, those, I mean, now that I know that she did the soundtrack for Clockwork Orange and The Shining, you can hear it Yeah, in Tron. And it's like, wow, those are very different films. Yes. But you can hear it. And, well, I guess Clockwork Orange had the Beethoven or the Bach yeah. interludes with the... With the, with with the little the, bits. Yeah, yeah, I took it as a, an input-output tower as well, the, the beam of light. But what's interesting is... is uh, later on, when we see all of them have escaped the the, the games, yeah, and are making their way towards it, we can see the base and the the building and the town yeah. around the input output port. All he sees is just the beam. Like there's a it's curvature the, of the it's earth. It's this thing wonderful happening. indication that he's nowhere near it, like where he needs to get yeah. to. Yeah, yeah, that's true too. It's the, the he's 
just he he got stopped and he hasn't he hasn't even seen the door to the place he's, he's trying to get to. Light years away yeah. from it. Yeah, I never took it as I just figured there was lots of I/O towers and that was just one in the distance. It may still be too, but we know what but they're I, supposed to look like around yeah, them. Yeah. And we can't see that. It looks like the Guggenheim or something like it's yeah. this weird museum kind of shaped does, building around. It them. does look like the Guggenheim. Yeah, so Flynn's giving instructions to Clue to go over to a different part of the maze. And then this is when conversation we have. Jeff Jeff Bridges says, "Come on, you scuzzy data, be in there." Which is such a <laughs> it's such a PG. Uh, I mean, this movie was rated G when yeah. it came out. I think so. Scuzzy is it's not dated, but it's a weird it's a weird choice. I thought. Yeah, we have probably replaced the term seven or eight times. Like skeevy is a more yeah, recent version sure. of what it's going for. Yeah, janky, scummy. Yeah, so, you know, there's all these. Yeah, exactly. It's just one step up Scuzzy. from saying "gosh darned." Yeah, exactly. You know, like it's, it's, it's kind of feels kind of old. Yeah, yeah, I had to look it up. I know. I, 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 it delighted me to find that you had the same reaction that had to double check on the history of the simple yeah. computer yeah. system interface SCSI uh, SCSI yeah the small small computer systems interface uh, uh yeah i've got a little bit on that it says that would uh, or SCSI or SCSI would become a set of standards for physically connecting and transferring data between computers and peripheral devices it's like those ports with the pins on the backs mm-hmm. of computers and drives. And the SCSI standards define commands, protocols, electrical, optical, and logical interfaces. So like, it covers a lot of bases. It does. There, It did overlap nicely that the guys who were developing it went public with it around 80. Yeah. So in my head, anybody who's vaguely computer savvy, and of course, you know, the guys who put this all together are also you know, kind of computer literate themselves sort of yeah. thing. I thought maybe, and then I turned on the the closed captioning, subtitling, and it said SCSI at yeah. SCU. Actual SCSI. And I was like, okay, but sometimes these things are weird and wrong, and I looked up a, a, a copy of the script, and sure enough, it's it's uh, the 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 reason I know it's not a transcript is because the line in what I'm assuming is an earlier version or the shooting script uh, has the word... Um, uh, little in it mm. and he he dropped the little oh scuzzy little data scuzzy little data right yeah, so, yeah. so i was like no oh, they actually did write it to mean you know dirty and then i'm like why is he being mean it's his data he's trying to yeah uh anyways yeah he's uh i think he i i at that i think at the point he's, he's not being clever he's just trying to refer to it as annoying and it's also kind of i think shows his mastery of it and shows his attitude it's a little, a little bit of an expository. Yeah. Although know. the funny part is, again, it turns into one of those how computers work versus how they they present it here. Yeah. And try to make it <laughs> request report from Clue. It's like, that's not how programs work. You say go, work. and then you go get a sandwich if you have to. Yeah. Or if you're far enough along and this was way too early, maybe they've given you like a, a, ta- like a, ta- a, a progress bar. Yeah. 
or I guess in those days, maybe it could give you numbers going up by percent if if they even had the ability to guess how long <laughs> it was going to take. Uh, but no, he, he had to. They they had to find out what's going. He had they had to remind you that he was understanding what was going on. Yeah, with the thing. And at least he's not looking at the computer when he says that. He's he's, he's leaning away when he says that. Yeah. Line, so he's not furiously typing. So he is actually waiting. Like he's had Control F. And then a search term, and it's going through a big, a yeah. big, uh, a big bank. Of he, but he had to, had to have a way to please ask you how it's going, so Clue could turn around and go, "It's going bad because I've been spotted." And well, I'm it's like we were talking about in the last minute: is the like coding is inherently unfilmable. Yes, because it's so dang boring visually. Yeah, and the uh, the to see somebody at a computer patiently typing for hours, and it's uh, it's kind of the same. I, and it's been interesting to see in movies and TV, like how to represent texting because yeah. so much of our world right now is texting. And how do you represent that on screen in a way that isn't, you know, that actually works? Yeah, It's know? like why uh, movies, part of it's copyright, but uh, yeah. the other part is movies almost always rewrite chat interfaces and things like that. Like, yeah. Can't, it's, it's like, no, they're boring. They have a very simple function. So yeah. they don't need to dress it up. Yeah. We don't care how our, our, our chat window looks like. Yeah. It just needs to have a place for us to type and for us to see what the conversation's been up to that point. Yeah. But they always feel like it needs to have a border and graphic design and yeah. a cool name. It's like Yeah. And nine times out of ten it's just a square windows thing. It's got the name bar at the top. It's yeah. like That's all you need. Yeah. Yeah, so it was like the SCSIs were mostly commonly used for hard disk drives and tape drives, but it can contact a, a wide range of other devices. Yep. Um, oh, still out there, but kind of going away now. Yeah. Standards highly pragmatic and addressed towards commercial requirements, but yep. yeah. So, but yeah, SCSI has nothing to do with SCSI as no. it was portrayed in the in the script, but it's a nice little coincidence. Yeah. You know? I, I was like, that'd be actually kind of, that'd be very reboot of them yeah. if they had used it that way. So That reminds me of the, the reboot versus Tron thing that you and I were involved in. Yes. The geeks versus nerds when we got our, that was another thing of the sweet spot thing you were talking about earlier, mm. because I figured... There's an event in Vancouver called Geeks versus Nerds where two teams get together and they debate the merits of one nerd property versus another, such as like who would win in a fight, yeah. uh, Optimus Prime versus uh, Pat Labor or something like that. Yeah, like, it's, the, it's the classic Superman versus Thor yeah. sort of debates. Yeah, and this one was Tron versus Reboot. And you and I were on the Tron team <laughs> and uh, some other very witty, intelligent people were on the Reboot team. And I remember thinking... Oh well, we've got it in the bag. Yeah, Tron is obviously the best and obviously way more popular. But then when it was being introduced, it was like, and on this side we have Tron, and there was a smattering of applause. And it was like, and on this side a we have of, a couple of crickets clap for a couple us. Of crickets, and on this side we've got reboot, and the place went bananas. And I was like, oh right, like yeah. every, everybody in here is maybe thirty or, or mid thirties, so they were ten, eleven, twelve when they were watching reboot. Yeah, and we it didn't help that. Uh, the three of us were super busy, so our prep time was not great. And I think ill prepared is generous. I think, and I think I owe you an apology because I think there was somebody else and they dropped out. And I asked if you wanted to join. Yeah, and that was part of the ill prepared. I remember a lot of last minute conversations in the balcony overlooking oh, the bar. We where got we're destroyed. About to go. We got destroyed. <laughs> we got 
rightfully destroyed. Yeah. But it was. We did two things right. Yeah. Uh, I mocked up my, you know, the 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 black Vancouver, uh, you know, fall jacket and hat with some some white reflective tape looked yep. very legacy esque. Uh, and you came as uh, the Big Lebowski. That's right. Which I thought was the best ever. And lost. Like I said, completely lost on the crowd. Yeah, completely <laughs> that, lost. That you came as a different Jeff Bridges. I'm in a, a, a bathrobe with my long hair and beard and sunglasses. <laughs> and I'm drinking a white Russian. And uh, <sighs> I just looked like I was lazy. I didn't I don't think a lot of people understood that I was And then the I got Big mad Lebowski. and never went back and did it again. No, it's not. <laughs> no. I never found time. That one became the indicator to me that it's fun to play with the... 20 something 30 somethings they have time yeah and energy yeah that you don't have you so don't have sir maybe maybe it's time to walk away into the something <laughs> well speaking of uh jeff bridges being kind of uh you know the big lebowski in this in this show he's supposed in this movie tron he's supposed to be a bit of a slobby bachelor yeah right so he's a little he's a little sweaty in this scene <laughs> He doesn't quite. He, his hair's a little slick. But yeah, he's just looking a little. Uh, no, no AC, Southern California. Yeah, summer. yeah. And let's see. Yeah, he requests a status. Oh, in, sorry. In an apartment over, what, fifty to sixty arcade machines pumping. Heat yeah, up which is upper levels. Oh, I didn't think about that. <laughs> yeah, an apartment above an arcade would be pretty dang pretty, toasty. Pretty hot. <laughs> pretty dang toasty with all those old overheating cabinets for sure. Oh, wow. Yeah, and yeah. The smell of ozone and dust must have been amazing. And then Clue says uh, the immortal line that's said in so many different movies. We've got company. (laughs) Yes, the cliche. The cliche. was not quite yet cliche. No, you could say, but I think there's a supercut out there of people saying we've got company. We've got company. Yeah, to different movies like Star Wars to... To, I don't know, yeah. Indiana Jones, to, to, to Tron, to everything. Uh, the shorthand. Hollywood shorthand. We've got company. We've got company. Uh, and the recognizers descend. And they were, uh, the design of the recognizers I really like. Very simple compared to Very simple and easy, easy to sort of uh, render. and um, Which makes sense because we see at most three light cycles. Yeah. Two tanks. Yeah. But the recognizers, I think it's up to six in one scene. And seven. Maybe in the scene coming up yeah. when you see them all across. There's a lot of them. Yeah. So that makes good sense. Yeah. And they were uh, they were designed at uh, Steven Lisberger Studios before they shopped it to. Really? Before they so it was one of the earliest design. Well, that makes sense. They designed it yeah. versus Sid Meier came in. And- yeah. Sid Mead, sorry. Sid Mead, Sid yeah. Meier. Who's Sid Meier? He says, Civilization. Yeah. Oh, Civilization. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Um, and it was, uh, the animator and character designer, John Norton, who, who, uh, who did that, who did the designs for the recognizers. I was reading that if you look at it, there's kind of the suggestion of a face. Yeah. And they said, yeah, it's totally supposed to be a face. It's supposed to be kind of a gorilla face. Cause the idea was it was supposed to be kind of Donkey Kong-esque yeah. with the two arms. And then, <laughs> and then I guess by the time you bring it down to simple polygons, it's like, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> it's not really <clears throat> but the idea was that they're yeah like uh kind of like the beefy cousins of the winged monkeys of the wizard of oz it was sure. supposed to be giant gorilla war like guard things that patrol well, yeah and they keep getting uh referred to in the screenplay and the novel as having pincers yeah and they never pince like they, never, they actually yeah, they pound never, they come together and come rise together up and, and then go pow, pow 
Right. Like you see them, they've got an energy net later in, in one of the yeah. in one of the scenes. But yeah, you never see them pick things up or like uh, you know like because that would require drawing lines <laughs> at an angle as opposed yeah. to straight lines. Yeah. Um, or the sound, the sound of the recognizers. They were that was done by the sound designer Frank Serafine. And um the their Yeah, yeah. That's the yeah. one. That's pretty good. That's a credible <laughs> a credible impression. And they did it by modifying the helicopter preset sound on the uh sequential circuits Prophet Five synthesizer. Oh uh, so it is like the the whoop 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 yeah. whoop a helicopter they've just messed with the EQ they, and all yeah. that on it. Yeah. That makes sense. Again, another perfect example like we were talking about the bit before where the guys who do can do math yeah. can do these funny things. Like look sometimes it's sharp sometimes it's flat like great thanks math nerd it's yeah. the same with the sound guys it's just a waveform and some math and all we know how to do is turn it on and play chopsticks but these guys know how to go into the circuits and bend and twist and ta-da yeah yeah i uh <laughs> that's hilarious i I didn't realize what that was was but it's uh makes sense now that you like when you hear it you're like oh yeah yeah, oh, yeah. it's like the evil jetsons car sound was there an evil Jetsons car? No, no. It's just the evil. Oh, right. right. They had that little. Yeah, yeah. Which, if yeah. I remember correctly, people still don't know where that comes from. No, it's lost. That's one of those things that's just lost to history. I know, right? That's just crazy pants. Just suppositions, but nobody knows exactly where it came never from. Never assume, if you're a creative person, never assume that people won't want to know where you got your stuff from. Yeah. Just make notes, because I guarantee you. You do something cool, and one day somebody will go, "How did they do that?" And we'll never know if you don't. Yeah, if you just don't. just to keep uh, with the the pattern of mentioning Ghostbusters in a Tron podcast at least once every single time <laughs> I've been here. There's a bit in the hotel where they're their first bust, where they're going through the hotel. Yeah, and there's a uh, a bit where they're walking down the hall, and you can hear a TV inside one of the hotel rooms. Yeah, you know, hey, you might be right. If so, and everybody's like, "What the hell is that?" We spent years, like, is it an old black and white film or something like that? Can't figure it out. It's gotten to the point where somebody went, I'm pretty sure that's like a late season uh, fantasy island. It's it's Ricardo Montalban. Oh. So now the hunt's on to try to figure out which bloody episode it is. But it's a perfect example. Nobody's made a note of it. We have no idea. Yeah. So <clears throat> when you make these wonderful things. Like, it'd be like watching Jurassic Park, and everybody goes, where the heck did they, like, how did they do the dinosaur sounds? Those are amazing. And nobody's alive to tell them, oh, yeah, we used a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And yeah. And now you have a, meh. It's like a house cat pitched down, and then we punched a whale in the gut. And you're like, oh, it's amazing. <laughs> uh, what do we got here? Oh, yeah, so Bit starts to panic. Uh, Clue starts shooting the recognizers, getting quite a few of them. The so. Bit freaking out is the I think one of the things everybody walks away with from the movie. Yeah. No, 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 no. It's and also later he's like, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Yeah. The bit was a character was a good, a very good idea. I think. I wish my puppy was a bit. The then the shooting screen inside the inside the 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 tank. Yes. Very reminiscent of. It's a fantastic that the guys who do that one perfect shot. I don't know how many times they've looked at Tron. But you and I talked before about the interior of the tank and how beautiful it is. Yeah. The one where they actually go off of the level, which we, the first time we see it, and it's doing the wonderful different directional turns. The one where it actually moves up and is looking down, like 
isometrically down over his shoulder a bit in order to show the screen he's looking at. <sighs> Beautiful, again, because it's the interior of the tank and everything's still moving. But the fact that shot physically, then somebody had to go in and hand paint all the, like, accent the elements of the inside of the tank while somebody else was hand animating the grid on his screen which had nothing yeah like because they have no way to generate that kind of grid represent like you could in a computer generate that but to be able to take that and somehow map it into the shot no no go instead it's just somebody classically drawing this Oh, man, I could that that's one I could stare at for a, a long time. Going, that's a lot of work. For a lot a of very work. short shot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thankfully, a, a mercifully short shot. Yeah, but it works really nicely. Like, yeah, uh, it's very beautiful. It is. It's one of the. It's, it's a. It's a wonderful, wonderful shot, and it looks like uh, Battle Zone. Yeah, Battle Zone or. Um, you know, battle zone on his screen, but when he's actually fighting the recognizer, I always start to think of uh, X-Wing. The old oh, arcade yeah. cabinet X-Wings was very much the vector graphics. Yeah. That's what it reminds me of. And then uh, Flynn closes his eyes in defeat. Yes. Because he knows, oh, geez. It's not going well. He's not going to get out <laughs> of this one. No. Ah, poor Clue. Poor Clue. Uh, and then foreshadowing that... Um, they hop out again. Clue hops out and totally screws with the uh, the scale on the inside of the, yeah. the tank. Uh, has a moment where he looks at the canyon wall because <clears throat> they don't have recognizers coming in. Oh no, this has gone past that. They haven't crashed yet. No, they haven't crashed yet. All right, everybody, forget I said anything. That's in the next minute. Come back in in about I don't know Come four, back. maybe two or three episodes. Okay, thank you. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, actually, no. It'd be next week. Tune in next week for somebody else talking about the stuff I stupidly got lost track. Of. <laughs> uh. There's uh, in one in the novel, uh, Flynn is Flynn's got a pretty cool description. They say uh, Flynn says to him, he was Flynn's described as he was blonde and in his late twenties. He'd already been up and down in life, gone through enough victories and defeats to be convinced that any circumstance could be altered if you wanted badly enough to change things. He had an irresistible confidence in himself, and that was fortunate for him given the number of times he'd gotten himself into scrapes. And that's a nice little yes. painting, a little picture to paint of him. A, a technological Han Solo. Yeah, sure. Basically. Yeah. Yeah, I would think... Late 70s and early 80s was very big on that kind of roguish, borderline anti-hero. You know what I think? Mm. He could have been played by Kurt Russell. Yeah, yeah. I think if Kurt Russell had been done and in, was interested in this instead of Jeff Bridges, it wouldn't have been the same movie, but it would have been a similar movie. Yeah, would have been a lot more. I'm trying to do trying to do <laughs> my Kurt Russell. Yeah, that's sarcastic. Wow. Yeah, he he does a lot more. Come on. <laughs> But yeah, it is. That's that. what Kevin Flynn always says. <laughs> Who? <laughs> Me. Me. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, it's it's very and it's like that under ten year window of of roguish, charming, but not ahead of the game, running from something. Yeah. 
morally suspect. Morally gets there in the end. Han Solo, uh, Jack Burton, yeah, Flynn, yeah, probably others too. Indiana Jones probably was probably on a list. (laughs) A long ass list of the uh, of the heroes. Yeah, it's a. yeah. And in the screenplay when he says, Come on, you scuzzy data be in there, he says, I've got such I've got such nice blue paper to print you out on if you just sit still. Oh, I guess in the end they didn't All we needed to know was what he was trying to do. Not they didn't we didn't need to know the particulars of how he was gonna pull it no, off. No, I think they I think it was kinda nice to include a line about he needs to print it out. He needs a physical record. Yes. For proof of whatever it is that he's trying to prove. But yeah, that line was very easily cut, I think, with no loss to the eventual quality of the film. I'm going to print it out. Then I will Xerox it and send one copy to my lawyer. The other I will put in a safe deposit box. No, this is, no, we don't need to. Doesn't, no, it's okay. We don't need to know. It's It's okay. Yeah, the first step in copyright law. (laughs) 20 minutes later. All right, so that brings us to the end of this minute. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, where can people find more of you if they want to hear more of you? Uh, iTunes. Search for Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossrip. If you're not an iTunes person, uh, we're on Stitcher and GhostbustersHQ.com is where you can find – that's the home of all the the podcasts. So you can get the RSS feed and all that if you're um, some other podcaster. You can find us pretty easily. Yeah. Uh, and then social media, uh, Proton Charging. I'm all over there. And if you're interested in uh, fun games, yeah, Kerberos Productions on Steam. It's pretty Excellent. easy. I'm pretty easy to find. Yeah. Yeah. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can check out more at TronologicallySpeaking.com. Drop us a line on Twitter at Tronologically Speaking. Send us an email at TronologicallySpeaking at gmail.com or join us on Facebook at the Tronologically Speaking Tron Minute by Minute listeners page. And uh, yeah. Intro and outro music are created by Roman Forrest over upon five.com. And as always, special thanks to the Star Wars Minute, uh, the people that created it all. And if you want to hear more Movies by Minute podcasts, go on over to moviesbyminute.com and check out the extensive list of movies that have already been done and are currently in production. And if you don't see your favorite, then uh, by all means, make it yourself. Or if you do see one that's our, that you're, the film that you love and it's already been done, do it again you know come on in and bring your own unique take and level of research to bear on something that you love so much do you want to see uh you want to say end of line on three sure all right one two three end of line